This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 7th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. What does 2008 hold in store for the climate change debate? Cato Institute senior fellow Pat Michaels says the negotiations at Bali have set up a potential agreement that does less to impact global warming than the Ballyhood Kyoto Protocol. The talks at Bali were less about establishing hard targets than they were about achieving sort of a general agreement uh, moving forward about CO2 emissions. Where does that roadmap uh, from Bali stand now? Well, the road is is pretty hard to see. Uh, In fact, there were some attempts to establish hard targets and timetables at Bali. They failed. All that was really agreed upon with regard to the future was that there will be another meeting in Copenhagen in 2009, uh, and that at that meeting there will be a new agreement to replace the expiring and failed Kyoto Protocol on global warming. Senator John Kerry made some pretty jarring comments about the realities of actually getting these treaties or creating treaty obligations through the U.S. Senate. He seemed to support a lot of what was being said at Bali, but was reminding the folks there that if they wanted something to get through the U.S. Senate, it would have to be reasonable. How likely is something reasonable being generated from this process? Uh, right now, I think what could go through the Senate would be very unreasonable as long as Bush is president, because it would like to invite a presidential veto so that it be- can become an election issue in 2008. Um, what went through at Bali was a commitment, but not a hard target and timetable, if you will, to reduce emissions 20 to 40 percent from the industrialized world, uh, 20 to 40 percent below 2006 levels by the year 2020. That's a real nothing agreement when you come on down to it. Um, Why is that? It doesn't do anything about global warming. You know, the Kyoto Protocol was supposed to reduce emissions in the industrialized nations to 7 percent actually 5.2% below 1990 levels by the year 2008 to 2012. And it's not really hard to do the math to see how much warming that would prevent. It would prevent seven hundredths of a degree Celsius per half century. That's an amount too small to measure. The temperature varies by a tenth of a degree from year to year. Now, this agreement to reduce emissions, say, 20% below 2006 levels by 2020, well, that just takes you to 1990 levels. Because we're about 20% above 1990 levels right now. So is it technically worse than Kyoto in terms of reducing emissions? The the initial target, yes, will do less than Kyoto. And then they have an ultimate target of a 50% reduction worldwide, meaning including the developing countries, by the year 2050. Uh, That seems impossible unless there are totally new technologies online that you and I have not been able to even imagine. The U.S. appeared to be something of a lone wolf uh, on the Kyoto Protocol now that Australia has signed on to it with some caveats. But more recently, it seems like Russia and to some extent India and China have closed in on a more American opinion on limits on emissions. What impact does those changes of opinion have in Bali? Well, well, despite all the criticism of the so-called American opinion, I think ours is the only one that really makes any sense. Uh, the American position is that you don't have the technology to do anything serious about warming. 
So you need capital and economic development for investment in whatever that te technology is going to be. Um, the other approach, mandatory emissions cuts or technologies that don't work, cost money. And the Americans have done this too. We have this thing called ethanol, where we're diverting right now about 20% of our corn crop to ethanol fuel. It's going to be more and more and more. All you have to do is go to the grocery store and see the effect of that already. Food prices are jumping. Almost all food items have gone up in price substantially because of the price of corn. Uh, so that's what bad policies will get you. Good policies would keep that money in the consumer's pocket, and the consumer would use it for investment in the future. You talked about how some of the negotiators at Bali were attempting to invite a presidential veto. What is the impact of this presidential race uh, on these types of negotiations? Well, the, the presidential race is very nebulous, as we, we saw in the Iowa caucuses. Um, clearly, uh, on the Democratic side, there's going to be a call for large mandatory emissions cuts. Uh, depending upon who the nominee is, it will be, you know, it could be a mean old industry, evil old industry versus the world, even though nobody is forcing people to use gasoline. They seem to buy it at $100 a barrel from crude oil with no problem. Uh, the Republican response will probably be more muted and more of a technological investment response. But I do expect that this issue will acquire more prominence in this election cycle than it has in previous ones, simply because um, the Democrats can easily use any television footage of weather you can find against someone. There's always bad weather somewhere every day, and YouTube will pick it up. Pat Michaels is a senior fellow in environmental studies at the Cato Institute and author of the book Meltdown, The Predictable Distortion of Global Warming by Scientists, Politicians, and the Media. It's available for sale at our website, cato.org.